This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hilton, Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. I quickly want to share with you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I quickly want to let us see what the Bible says about the blessings of the Father, blessings of the spiritual Father. What does it mean to have a spiritual father? I saw why God had to use Moses. The Bible described Moses as the most humble person upon the face of the earth. At the time, God couldn't have used anybody else. So, in the spiritual realm, anything that happens is determined by God. It's not determined by man. So, it might not be well with the man. You might not like the way God had planned it. But it must happen the way God planned it. Because God is the originator. God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And the only reason why we're always using the heavens and the earth is that you will find out that the Bible clearly separated the world. The world, the world, and the world. And then the Bible clearly separated the heavens and the earth. Because they're two different things. Because God rules in the affairs of men on earth. And he still controls the heaven. So in the book of Numbers chapter 6 verse 22. Numbers chapter 6 verse 22. And the Lord spoke to Moses. Saying, speak to Aaron and his sons. Saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. And say to them, God called Moses. He told Moses to call Aaron to bless the children of Israel. If Moses had blessed the children of Israel, God wouldn't have allowed it, even though he was the one that God called. You don't determine who father you in ministry. God determines your father. Everybody cannot be your father. Everybody cannot be your mentor. In fact, as a result, pastor, I want you to beware of people that constantly come in and say, be my mentor. There is nothing that be my mentor. I've always said to them in our church that look, you don't look for mentor. You just follow and the person you are following see that this one is worthy to be mentored. You don't apply for mentorship. You follow. When you follow, the man you are following will see. How did Pastor Abu become my mentor? How did he become my mentor? It will, it, it will shock you that when the man is going to the toilet, we, we follow him inside the toilet. When he comes out, we follow him. After a while, he finds out that he couldn't just do without us. To the extent that he's going to the bedroom in the house, he will say, okay, you guys go, we'll drive behind him. We'll follow him to the house. Take off his shoe. Put everything in order. And then we, we go back. 4 a.m., he called us again. He will call us. Prayer meeting will be there. From 4 a.m. prayer meeting in the cold to about 7, we go to work. By 6 o'clock, we're back in church praying. That was our lives. And when the Lord spoke to Moses, he said, call this man. And this is the way you should bless them. He said, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And be gracious unto you. You are not saying amen. 
These are prayers. God said to him, to Moses that he called. He said to him, he said, call your brother Aaron. Where was Aaron where God called him? Aaron was nowhere to be found. But God still find him worthy to be used. Do you know how Aaron died? Aaron took the presence of God for granted. And God said to Moses, he said, take him to the mountain. He said, unwrap him with the garment of glory and honor. As soon as they, Moses took the garment of glory and honor away from Aaron, Aaron died. And this same God was the one that called Moses and said, put the garment of beauty and honor on Aaron and his sons. But his sons, in Leviticus chapter 9, went and sacrificed what they were never meant to sacrifice because they were never commissioned to be priests. You don't try to take over your father's job. You try to help him. Now, if you look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 12, it says, And we heard you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and over you in the Lord. He said, the, and admonish them to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. So it is not about the pastor. It is about the one who called him. The fact that you were schoolmates does not mean that you are gracemates. When God puts a man in a land, God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And I'm quickly going to share with you few points. How do you receive what your spiritual father comes? How do you receive it? Because a lot of people are in church. They do not have clue about what the church of our Lord Jesus Christ is all about. But we all have ideas and insight into what the worldly church is all about. The way God defined his church is not the way the 20, 21st century Christians are defining it or are moving with it. Number one thing to do to receive the blessings of your spiritual father or to receive what your spiritual father carries is number one. You must identify who your father is because everybody cannot father you. You must identify who your spiritual father is. When followership is not clear, destiny is slow. When you don't have a clear picture of who you are following, you don't have a sense of direction. Everybody cannot father you. And I'm going to use our father in the law, Pastor Ia Deboe, as an example. And I want you to be truthful with you. I want you to be truthful with yourself. If you were him, if you would stay. When Daddy Gio came to redeem Christian Church of God in 1972, I think, or 71, he met a pastor who couldn't speak English nor write English. And was a PhD holder. They were not sitting on these chairs. They were sitting on benches. A PhD holder just coming from 
a place where they sit on pool, pews, isn't it? Is that the, yeah? Came into a butemeter and saw a man that was constantly speaking in Yoruba that couldn't read or write. And God said, A PhD, that is your spiritual father. If you want to succeed in life, follow him. I'm sure you know Pastor Gandhi very well, pastor of Jesus House in DC. And it wasn't that somebody, he told me himself that at the time they came into the church, they were not seats. They were no seats. They were sitting on benches. Now, can you imagine if these people had left and said that they were going to a better church? When you're constantly moving from one church to the other, constantly looking for spiritual fathers, you will end up becoming a liability in the kingdom. Can you imagine a woman who has five or six husbands, just constantly moving from one place to the other, it will be difficult to identify the DNA of the child. So you must identify with your spiritual father. So it is not about whether the man speaks or he can't speak. It's not about whether the man is older or younger, because it's not about age. Age is constantly important to the people in the village. Yes, that's why you call it the villa of age. It is only here that you think about age. How old was Moses when God called him? How old was David when God called him? In fact, all the seven sons of Jesse were re rejected to make David the king. So if it was all about age, God looks at the heart. When the man's heart is right before God, and when your heart is more than your Hercules heel. What does God do? God makes sure that you are being used and he will take you as an instrument of weapon for your generation. Why would the Bible describe Moses as the most meekest man upon the face of the earth? The most humble in the face of the earth. That was why God used him. No wonder God did not call Miriam and Aaron. Because at a point, when Moses married an Ethiopian African woman, they ganged up against him. They were constantly talking. They were constantly harassing him. And if David was in their shoe, I'm sure he would have prayed for them. The fact that you constantly think in your mind that you are better than your pastor, you can do it better than your head of department, that is enough for God to disqualify you from being a leader. When a man's heart is not right before God, God cannot use you. Because you think you can do it better. It's, it's not about natural skill. It's all about the spirit. Not by power, not by mind. It's by the spirit. Serve the Lord. Number two. Now let me give you another point in the book of Kings. 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 15. There were three people, Ahizel, Jehu, and Elijah. God told Elijah to go after these three people and anoint them. At the time that Jehu, whom God told that would become the king of Israel, he was in the king of Jezebel as one of the chief security guards, someone that God are told that he was going to become a king in Israel. Not until the anointing of Elijah, Elijah, 
went on him and brought him from the place of obscurity to the place of honor. One thing I will let you know is that the anointing that your, fi- your father carries is more than enough to take you from where you are to where you are going. Everybody cannot carry your oil. The difference between Saul and David was Saul located the oil. It was by default that Saul located the oil. But listen to me, David did not locate the oil. The oil located David where he was because his heart was right. A lot of our hearts are not right. Why is it that his fortune is always leading? Why is it that his pastor that is always talking? Can't I be given a chance to talk? That word alone in your heart is more than enough to disqualify you from being an instrument in the hands of the Lord. I pray that none of you will be a disqualified vessel in Jesus' name. So, when Jehu was anointed, when Jehu was anointed, he became what God destined him to become. The oil that your father carries is enough to make your destiny manifest. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15, it says, For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, said, yet do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. As long as Jesus Christ is your father, as long as you cannot say there are two other fathers apart from Jesus Christ, you cannot have too many fathers. Why do we move from one place to the other? Number two, value your father. Where there is no value, there is no respect. You must value your father. How do you value your father? When Saul and his servant were going to look for the seer, Samuel, and saw Samuel, Saul said to his servant, said, I don't have anything on me. First Samuel chapter 9, verse 6 to 9. First Samuel chapter 9, verse 6 to 9. He said, I don't have anything. How can I go and see the seer by myself? He said, can we turn back, foolish man? Can we turn back? May I pray for somebody today that the Lord will cause you to constantly work with men that will shape in and direct your destiny. A lot of people we associate with can discourage us. They can let you see reason rather than you seeing the spiritual. Because a lot of people are no longer spiritual. When you talk about spirituality now, everybody thinks you're spooky. Everybody thinks it's demonic. Everybody thinks it's unreal. How? Because the church have not been taught over the years what spirituality is all about. It's all about prosperity. It's all about what is in it for me. All the people that God called and God used, there was none of them that had anything in stock for them. Value your spiritual father. So when they saw the seer, they gave him something. And that I'm going to use the the story 
in, in, in John chapter 11 of Martha and Mary. Martha took Jesus for granted. When Jesus came to their house, in Luke chapter 10, I think, to eat, Jesus came, and, and for your information, they were one of those people that contributed more to the ministry of Christ. So you can say that like they, they, they were the, the financiers. So when Jesus came, Martha was all over the place. So we have them everywhere in church. They just come, they walk from morning to evening, and they go. That's their life. So when Martha reported to Jesus, I said, look at my sister Mary. Jesus said, that matter why are you so distracted about the things that you see? He said, Mary has chosen the good thing, which is the word of God. And Mary was constantly by the feet of Jesus learning. So when Jesus came, when Lazarus was dead in the book of John chapter 11, something that amazed me happened. Do you know you can be somebody's friend and you won't know that that person has been called to be a spiritual father to you? And so therefore, because you cannot see him as a spiritual father, you lose out. I pray that you will not lose out. In the name of Jesus. So what happened? When Martha saw that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. He met Jesus. He said, my father. He didn't even say my father. He said, Lazarus is dead. He said, if you have been here, Something would have happened. Do you know what happened? That was the end of the conversation. You know what Mary did? Do you know what Martha did? He went and called Jesus. When Mary saw Jesus, Mary went on her knees and then crying. The Bible says and that Jesus groaned in the spirit because there was value. And Jesus wept. And then he took Mary, took him took her to the place where Lazarus was buried. And he said to them, he said, roll away the stone. How come Martha couldn't aggravate Jesus to bring the best out of him? Because there was no value. There was no value. The man that God has placed upon you, when you have value for him, value attracts virtue. When you have value for the man that God has placed before you, you will constantly get virtue out of him. Jesus, for the first time, he wept. This was the same Mary who took the most expensive oil and poured it on Jesus and rolled his hair all over him because he had value for Jesus. When you don't have value for what you have, he escapes your life. When you don't have value for what you have, can you bring me a basket? Just get me a basket. Get me a basket. Get me a basket. Value. Pastor, take that basket. Now, I want you to stand wherever you are and sow into this man's life. And then we'll continue. So, sow into his life. Mary gave Jesus the most expensive oil. Most expensive, and Judah said, but we should have used this thing now for, for what? For the poor. You know what the Bible says? 
He said, because he was constantly sinning, and Jesus said, you know what Jesus said? He said, you constantly have the poor among you. He said, but me, you don't see me all the time. So from wherever you are, I want you to rise up on your feet and sow into this man's life. When you have headache, you call him. When you need something, you call him. Sometimes I will call him 1 a.m. He will tell me that he's still on the road coming from hospital. Now, one thing you don't realize is that your spiritual father carries what your natural father cannot give you. Now, let me use the Bible in the book of Genesis chapter 49 verse 1. When Moses, when, when Joseph, when Jacob blessed his children, what did he say to, to Reuben? He said to Reuben, he said, Reuben will not excel. <laughs> he said to Reuben, he said, Reuben will not what? Do you know what happened in the book of Numbers 32? When God was going to take them to the other side, the tribe of Reuben said they're not going. They said because they have livestock. I've never seen anything like that. How many of you can go and stay where they rear cattle and sheep and goats? You know where they sell those things. You know how smelly it is. That's what Reuben said, that that territory was okay for them, that they're not going to cross over. Moses and arose. And Moses said to them, how can you not want to go? For your information, the people want, the people who, who, who discouraged the children of Israel from entering their destiny were God and Reuben. Moses said, but when these people were going to enter, you said they cannot enter. Now you have said that you are not going to go. When God gave Moses that anointing, in Deuteronomy chapter 33, he lifted the curse upon them, a spiritual father. He lifted it. Because they were, their men were constantly dying. And Moses said that, Reuben, can you open to Deuteronomy chapter 33? Deuteronomy 33. Now, this is the blessing which Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death, the spiritual father. And he said to them, he said, the Lord came from Mount Sinai and drawn to them from Seir. He shone forth from Mount Paran and he came with ten thousands of saints. From his right hand came a fury love from them. Yes, he loves the people, all the saints are in the hand. They sit down at your feet. Everyone moves your world. In verse 5, it says, And he was the king of Jeshur, who, when, lead, when the leaders of the people were gathered, all the tribes of Israel together, listen to what he said to Reuben. He said, Let Reuben live and not die, and let his men be few. But if you look at Genesis chapter 49, verse 1, and Jacob called his sons and said, Gather together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. 
Your father can tell you what will before you, but your spiritual father will prophesy your future. What is prophecy? Prophecy is not for now. Your natural father do, don't have your natural fathers don't have capacity to prophesy. They cannot heal you spiritually. They cannot be there for you the same way your spiritual father will be there for you. In actual fact, in actual fact, none of our natural fathers has ever blessed us with their mouth. Lay hands on you. Pour oil on your head. So when, when, when Jacob was speaking to them, he said to him, he said, Ruben, my firstborn, my might and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power, unstable as water, you shall not excel. Now, you shall not excel. See what happened in Numbers chapter 32. Number 32. Let me read from verse 1. It said, Now the children of Reuben and the children of God had a very great multitude of livestock. And when they saw the land of Jezreel and the land of Gilead, that indeed the region was a place for livestock, was that the purpose of God for them? It was not a place of livestock. It was a place filled with milk and honey. But something was working there. Now, I understand that you are born again. Fine. If you are born again, and you are in Christ, no curse can work in you. But the people who gave birth to you, who were there, that died without being born again. Let me tell you about covenant. Covenant are, covenant are agreement between two parties. If somebody entered into a covenant without you knowing, so how do you know? Because the Bible says the foundation be destroyed. How can what? If the foundation be destroyed. So if a foundation has been worked from the beginning and you are a righteous person, you are unaware. It is only your spiritual father that God can give insight to. Because your father said, your father will probably not be aware because of what their great-great-great-grandfather did. Do you know that Ezra was Aaron's great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-
So you must constantly understand that it took Moses in Deuteronomy 33 for God to open his eyes to see that no one died. If you will not go, I will pray that your destiny will manifest. So therefore I stand here by the altar of the Most High God that your destinies will manifest in the name of Jesus. Verse 9. For when they went up to the valley of Eshcol and saw the land, they discovered the ark of the children of Israel. Now, listen to verse 8. Let's go to verse 8. Or let's look at it from verse 6. I need somebody that is very fast. Pastor, how many more minutes do I have? Five minutes. Okay. Can I take extra five minutes? Okay. Now, can somebody quickly read verse 6 for me? And then we will go through the other one. Verse 6. What? They discovered their heart because there was something operating in the life, in the lineage that they are unaware. But when the Lord now opened the eyes of Moses to see, he broke that course and they were able to move into their destiny. So therefore I stand and prophesy over your life that you are moving into the preferred place for you in the name of Jesus. Continue, sir. Because they have not followed God. They cannot follow God because there's something, you know, come. when somebody's hand, when a man wants to bless a child in any culture, they place their hand on their head. Do you know why? Want me to tell you? Because the hand directs your destiny. The blessing directs your destiny. That's why the Bible says to to, to Joseph when Jacob was blessing him that this blessing will rest on your head because there is nothing that God created from the beginning that men has not taken after. God did not create cars. God did not create money. Do you know how cars came into being? God created donkeys to carry Men saw the donkey and turned it into a car. Do you know how men created planes? It was dolphins and sharks. So when you look at the prototype of plane, the, the prototype against fish, because they have two eyes, they have feathers, and they have that at the, at the bottom. So everything, have you ever seen how a man's heart pumps? Go into any factory in the world, you see that the engines are prototyped through bells and true, true, true mechanism that allows the heart of man to pump. So, God did not create, God just gave men those ideas, and they turned it into what manifests on the face of the earth. May God give you ideas that will give you thousands and millions in Jesus' name. I know you say amen to that. And so shall it be. Now, quickly, Never take your father for your friend. Too much familiarity. Because we went to school together. Your father is not your grace mate. You will constantly do things that attract value and virtue out of him. If you... The true... The true value is the thing you say when it's not there. 
When your father is not there, what do you say? What do you do? Number what? Four. Then serve your father. Exodus chapter 33 verse 11. It says, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. As a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. What was he doing? Making sure that the place is ready before the father gets there. Making sure that the tabernacle is secured. Helping Moses to secure his destiny. In, in, in securing Moses' destiny, in destiny, Joshua did not know. God bless you, sir. Joshua did not know that he was going to be used as an agent of change to take over for Moses. So when God was looking for somebody to take over for Moses, he didn't take Aaron. Neither did he take the sons of Aaron. Neither did he take Eliza or Ahibel. He went and looked for the one that was constantly there when the pastor was not there. The one that would do the job when the pastor... So, so not high service. When Moses goes to the house, Joshua won't say, but I'm the only one doing it. When they call prayer meeting, they're not there. Oh, pastor, we're two in the prayer meeting. I was... No, he wasn't doing that. He was constantly doing... Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. He was constantly doing and repairing and helping Moses to succeed. May you not fail in your assignment. And everyone that God had called to be helpers of destiny in your course of destiny, may you have contact with them. Number, number two, sorry, number what? Release your goodwill towards your father. You teach them to have value. Because some people don't even have value for their natural father. So how can they have value for a spiritual father? Release your goodwill towards your father. And then the last one, Defend the interest of your father. What I say? And I'm going to close with Genesis chapter 9, verse 22 to 28. Now, something interesting happened to Noah. I'm going to do something that happened. God bless you. Sir, stand. Don't imagine anything else. Women. Noah was naked. So when Ham saw Noah, when Ham saw Noah, Ham went to Noah and saw the nakedness of his father and went and called Shechem and Jephthah. When he told them what happened, Shechem and Jephthah take, took a garment. Just look at my step. They went back like this. They went back. They went back. They keep going back until they covered the nakedness of their father like this. They didn't look back. And then they left. Now, they covered the nakedness of their father. When Noah woke up and he realized what had happened, what happened? You know what he did? He placed a curse on Canaan's children. Canaan's children are the descendants of Cush, the Ethiopians and the Africans. Do you understand what I'm saying? And then he did not curse them. He said to them, he said, Canaan 
children will be servant of servant. In other words, they're not even going to be servants. So they're going to be servants of people who are all mothers, as in that. Then it didn't stop at that. He went to Shechem as well, Shem and Jephthah. He placed the same thing on them. Now, if you look at Shem, they are the descendants of the British, um, the, the white descendants, if you want to, the Americans, the Russians, the Greeks, and all that. Now, look at the way they think. And then look at the way the Ethiopians, in fact, they've not recovered from war that they've been fighting. Even wherever, look at South Africa. They gave it in peace. Have you ever been to South Africa recently? They, they are almost destroying the, the nation. So, so now, when you are constantly exposing the weakness of your father, when you are constantly exposing and you are not protecting the interest of your spiritual father, there is a level of cause that you are placing and limitation you are placing upon yourself. And I'm closing with Miriam and Aaron when when Moses married that Ethiopian woman. And you know what God did? God wanted to kill them. Moses begged God. And God struck Miriam with leprosy for seven days. And it says that the children of Israel did not move for seven days. That means sometimes when you are associated with some people that you don't even know what they are carrying, it can transfer to you. Unknowingly. So how would I be able to see that demons were following that man until we chased those demons away and we brought the angels of God to be in charge. He made it. Don't live an alternative lifestyle. Adam and Eve lived an alternative lifestyle. That was not God's intention for them because God created them to have dominion, to take charge. But as soon as sin entered, they went for the other lifestyle. Rise up on your feet. Rise up on your feet. I want you to pray. I want you to pray that you will not live in ignorance. We believe you have been blessed by this message. To download this message, please visit our podcast at The Throne Room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, call 08087-000004 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website www.rccgthroneroom.org You are highly lifted, highly favored. Highly favored.